Good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast of Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. And our top story today, investigating the link between Down syndrome and Alzheimer's disease. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Grace Stutzman of the Rosalind Franklin University. Dr. Stutzman, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Of course, I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this research. And I was telling you in the, in the green room, I, I really hadn't seen the connection between someone who has Down syndrome and Alzheimer's, but it turns out that people with Down syndrome are living a lot longer. We can get yes. into that, but, but what's the connection here? How, how often would someone with Down syndrome get Alzheimer's? So you hit on the key point is that currently Down syndrome individuals are living much longer. And with that, we're finding a much higher incidence of conversion into an Alzheimer's-like dementia um, and much earlier than would be typical in an elderly person who develops dementia as a, as a function of age. And the connections is part of what this research grant that we're working on is about, but Alzheimer's and Down syndrome share many of the same both genome level changes as well as pathophysiological changes. So the accumulation of these aberrant protein products in the brain, such as beta amyloid and neurofibrillary tangles, and so they're coming on much earlier. Um, so we think that there's both a gene level you know, overlap and what those genes are encoding for affect memory, cognition, um, attention, as well as, as development of the, these protein products. Um, so we think that might be the, the like least common denominator shared between these conditions. And then it's accelerated in some way and, in, and in Down syndrome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dr. Stutzman. When you look at, um, I don't even know what to call it, but you look at those with Down syndrome that have Alzheimer's and you see the effects, is it similar to uh, you know, a, a person who has Alzheimer's later in life, I, I, a non-Down syndrome person? Okay, so to, to be clear, I'm not a physician. I'm not a clinical, um, that's, you know, I'm not a clinical diagnostic. Uh, I don't have that expertise, um, but someone with Down syndrome, we call them individuals with Down syndrome have an intellectual disability. Whereas those with Alzheimer's, it's, it's a cognitive um, executive function disability. And so you're, when you're combining these, the, um, the symptoms are augmented considerably. So we're looking for someone who so developmentally is um, you know, sort of behind the curve and then cognitively are now showing just that executive memory functions that are impaired in Alzheimer's. And so now they've essentially had a double whammy of, of you know, co overall cognitive functions. And in terms of the research, I know you talk about the grant, how will you proceed in doing the research? Is it a, a pool of applicants and people that you will review and, and test their cognitive function over time? What, what are the kind of the steps you're, you're thinking about undertaking? Right. So this is in collaboration with my colleague, Steve Ginsburg, who's at the Nathan Klein Institute. And he comes with expertise in um, transcriptomics, into the ability to, to measure and quantify the expression of RNA across different populations. So this project really started with him. 
um, where he's able to identify differentially expressed populations of genes between individuals with Down syndrome and their you know, age-matched peers, and then also look at how this affects um, certain behaviors in animal models that we can recapitulate aspects of Down syndrome in, such as in, in mouse models. So he's really the bioinformatics gene level expert. We met at a conference. My expertise is really in neurophysiology. So I'm interested in, in how cells work, how networks and circuits work to support memory and attention functions. So how we're, this, this is going to work out and how we want to apply it to the Down syndrome population is take these gene networks that Dr. Ginsburg has identified, which again, overlap with memory and neurophysiological activities. I can study these in either models of Down syndrome or more recently with stem cell biology techniques, we can get fibroblasts from Down syndrome individuals and Alzheimer's individuals and their age matched, you know, non um, uh, affected counterparts. And we can transform those into neurons. So I have populations of neurons that can create networks in a dish that contain these same gene level changes that we see in humans. And then I can study how does that affect how neurons communicate? How does it affect how circuits that would drive memory functions, how are they impaired? And more importantly, how can we fix them or preserve their functions? So this is much more of a um, basic science translational level project than a, a clinical project. We're, we're actually not working directly with human patients, but we're working with samples, biological samples from these patients that we can then recreate their brains essentially in a dish. Dr. Stutzman, I need to take a very quick break. Well, I want to pick that, pick that up and what all this research can mean for those with Down syndrome and maybe potentially afflicted with Alzheimer's. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network.
Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Dr. Grace Stutzman of the Rosalind Franklin University. Dr. Stutzman, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. All right. Thank you. Um, let's, let's talk about what this research means because supporting somebody with Down syndrome, they may have caregivers, family members. What does this research mean um, in the short run? but also maybe in the long run, because these people are living longer, they're gonna need caregiving at some level. So what does this all mean for them? So at the short term, um, I think it'll mean, or what we can bring to the table is a better understanding of the, the, the gene level changes, as well as the like neurophysiological changes that, that are occurring and trying to identify ways to support any of those networks or circuits that are beginning to fail in the brain. Um, you know, we've, through Dr. Ginsburg's work, you know, identified certain cells that are particularly vulnerable. Um, we can try and boost that, you know, their function. Longer term is probably where there we will see more gains. So Dr. Ginsburg and his colleagues have identified types of supplementation, nutritional supplementations that you can give to mothers. So one of the, uh, I don't know if I call it advantage, but we can identify, you know, someone who will develop or have Down syndrome in utero, which means you can start those interventions in utero. Um, and there's a lot of scientific data suggesting that choline supplementation and other types of supplementation to the mothers can have long lasting improvements in the offspring. So we're looking and considering uh, interventions such as that. And, and does is there any application for the traditional I, I hate using that word. I don't even know how to refer to it, but traditional patients mm -hmm. with autism, autism, with Alzheimer's, <laughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. We just did a show recently on autism, but is there, does this research possibly translate? I know we're talking about those with Down syndrome, but could this help traditional Alzheimer's patients or dementia patients? Right. So in theory, we, we would hope so. One of the big defining, you know, clinical differences in at least you know, diagnosing Alzheimer's versus Down syndrome is with Alzheimer's, it's usually at the very late stages that you know, we're able to diagnose patients. Whereas the neuropathophysiology and all of the decline in neurodegeneration has likely been going on for decades. So it, it's, you know, once you lose neurons, you're not going to get that back. You know, once you lose that synapse that encodes that memory, um, you're not going to get that back. You can try and protect what's left so I think the, the approach would likely need to be quite different because the time points of the, of the interventions are, are so, so delayed in, in Alzheimer's. But what we will wanna do is maybe try and diagnose it or identify it much earlier. And that could be at the, the gene level, again, through the type of work that, that Dr. Ginsburg and others are doing. So if you're doing genetic screening very early on and you've got this cluster of high-risk gene pathways that are not expressed normally, you might be at risk for Alzheimer's. What's, you know, maybe there is some sort of intervention that can be designed at the individual level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is, it sounds like a great path. It's always better to be able to detect something, detect something maybe a little in advance so you can do yes. some preparatory work and treatment work beforehand. Uh, Dr. Stutzman, Stutzman, last question in terms of timing, I know you, you know, we're, we're talking about you, you're just beginning but in terms of the timing, what can we expect in terms of timing? And then not to, not to put the cart ahead of the horse, but what about the next phase of the research? So you, you do this work, 
you grow the neurons, you, you're able to make some real determinations and co- with your colleague, what, what's the follow-up? So follow-up would be to actually try and, and do the real translational work by taking our findings and the interventions that we hope will work, again, with these neurons in a dish or with the model systems, and then actually start applying them in, in the clinic. Um, and actually looking for the type of, you know, cognitive tests, um, attention tests, executive function tests in, you know, children and young adults that have been given, say, whatever intervention that we hope we can identify um, here. So, you know, in that timeline, you know, really depends. Well, it depends on the outcome of our initial studies, but if we are able to identify some therapeutic interventions, and I said, Dr. Ginsburg, I think has already made some um, progress in this. Um, you know, I would hope five, 10 years down the road, we can start actually working at, at the clinical intervention level, if, if not before. Yeah, really important. And, and again, if you're a caregiver or just somebody who has Down syndrome, um, this is obviously very positive and the information will be so helpful. Dr. Stussman, we're going to have to leave you there. Great research. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much Thank for you. joining Thank us. You. And we look forward to having you back on the program again. Absolutely. Very soon. Thanks. And that wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place. That's right, one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, visit our website, and of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.